Anyone feel like making history? On a distant world. How much training have you had? I just had that frog once. I like this guy. A soldier needed a second chance. You're gonna get your legs back. From James Cameron, the director of The Terminator, Aliens, and Titanic. On December 18th, movies will never be the same. You should see your faces. Avatar, rated PG-13. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is Rico, and yes, that's uh, one of the uh, shorter versions of the trailer for the new movie by James Cameron called Avatar that just premiered uh, pretty much everywhere just a couple of days ago. And I did see the movie, and I'll be talking about that on the podcast today. The main topic, though, is going to be the Voyager episode. It is number, or it's called a number 1159, basically, you know, the clock time, 1159. And that's kind of a Janeway episode. It's from the fifth season of Voyager. I'm going to be doing a whole episode commentary that play the episode and talk about it as I watch it. So that should be fun. And talk a little bit about Trek and other sci-fi and the movies and TV and all that kind of usual uh, geeky talk. Uh, and uh, a little bit of Christmas cheer and music, too. So stand by. Here we go. Welcome again, everyone, to podcast 258 uh, for Treks and Sci-Fi. It is December the 20th, 2009, uh, less than a week away till Christmas. Uh, everything's looking pretty uh, Christmassy around here. We've got a little bit of snow on the ground, not a lot, a couple inches, I think, or so over the last couple of days. We had a little bit last week, too, out where I live here in Michigan. I know parts of the country are just getting pummeled. Uh, East Coast and some other areas are just in the Midwest have gotten some in the last uh, couple of weeks. And uh, it's it's that time of year. And, uh, you know, it, it all varies. I mean, some winters are tougher than others. I don't know. We had a really uh, a lot of snow last winter here in Michigan. So I'm I'm hoping we won't get quite as much. I'm not really that much of a winter type person. I don't really like the cold weather very much, and it's uh, it also the the winter here in Michigan is just too long. We we have just six months of just colder weather and not a lot of sun, and the snow isn't really that much of a bother. It doesn't bother me a lot, but I don't like the really cold weather. So anyway, that's enough about the <laughs> Rico's meteorological report for the week. Uh, let's get to uh, some sci-fi talk. Program complete. Enter when ready. Like I said at the start of today's show, I played that little uh, TV spot promo for James Cameron's movie Avatar. You know, the, the big tall blue people that been has been advertised for, for quite a long time. This movie has been 
worked on and been I think James Cameron said he's had this idea of this movie for a very long time, decade or more at least. And it's taken a long time for the technology to get to the point he also said uh, in in multiple interviews that uh, you know, he's waited for computer technology to get to the point where they could do this type of movie. You know, the the synopsis or the simple answer or story about the plot is, and this you can kind of tell from the trailers, I think, anyway, it's in the future. Um, people, Earth people, have gone to this uh, moon of this big gas giant called, the, the moon is called Pandora. There's a, a material, a mineral there that they want for energy, and they're sort of mining it and harvesting it. And, of course, there's these big blue... Uh, people that live there and they're not really that happy about that and the name avatar comes from the idea that there's this marine uh, named jake sully he has the ability to sort of plug in through computer and technology and they sort of grow him kind of this alien body to sort of inhabit and also it's a way to blend in with the natives there and that's all i'll say exactly on the story you can tell from the previews there's a lot of action and and some pretty cool effects. It, but this, uh, I, I liked the movie a lot. I, I thought uh, it was an amazing-looking movie, and the story was solid and good. The acting I liked. Sigourney Weaver has a pretty good part in it, and it's good to see her. Uh, you know, she did, of course, Aliens with James Cameron years ago. Nice to see the two of them teamed up again. Uh, the uh, The main guy playing Jake Sully his name is oh I'm blanking on his name again I it's <laughs> right on the tip of my tongue but he was also in that latest uh, that last Terminator movie and uh, also the the female lead uh, who's all blue in the movie that you don't really they they have this interesting way of making the faces similar to the actors though but Zoe Saldana is that how you say her name who played Uhura in the last Trek movie she is the female alien that Jake kind of hangs around with in the movie, and uh, they use their voices for the aliens too. So that's kinda, even though there's an alien language, which is kind of neat in the movie too. But it, it's a cool movie. Definitely, if you are interested in this kind of uh, stuff, you should go see this movie at, at the theater. I saw it in. Uh, there's two different ways. It's out in 3D, but I saw it in a normal. We'll call it theater non-3d and I, I thought that was amazing maybe i'll check it out in 3d i'm not really too happy with wearing those glasses for two and a half hours in a movie it's not uh my first choice but i think this movie from what i've heard from people who have seen it that way said it was pretty pretty incredible in 3d but uh, it's not the kind of movie where they're like poking things at the screen a lot and that kind of stuff i think just some of the epic scenes that you see around on the planet might really look amazing in in three dimension uh, with those um, you know special film and camera and, and the wearing the glasses while you watch it. So uh, I don't again want to say a lot because this just did come out a couple of days ago, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to the podcast that haven't had a chance to see this that are maybe planning to see it over the holidays sometime. But I highly recommend you go see this one in the theaters. Don't wait for just DVD or Blu-ray or whatever to watch it on your home theater. I don't care. How good or how nice your home theater is, uh, this movie is one that you really should go see it in the theaters. Uh, I, again, I liked it a lot. I liked the story. I liked the kind of, the, you know, there's a nice message in this movie. James Cameron, I think, has a lot of um, kind of environmental, and he's a little bit of a proponent of that kind of stuff to a degree. And that comes across in this movie. And uh, again, I 
can't say that much, but I, I can say that I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a little on the long side. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just telling people are kind of warning. It's about two and a half, uh, I think the hour, uh, like 160 minutes or 162, so a little more than two and a half hours long, but it is well worth it. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's not like there's a lot of really moments I would have cut if I was making this movie out. So uh, Avatar, go see it in theaters while you can. What's going on with the latest Star Trek movie? Let's find out. What do you say we go? Okay, it's Sam Worthington is the uh, the guy that plays Jake Sully in the Avatar movie. I just had a chance to... I knew it was like Worthington, his last name, but I couldn't remember his first name. But he is uh, probably the main guy you'll see in the Avatar movie. Anyway, on the Trek scene, a few things going on. Lots of new, more just everyday information coming out on the Star Trek online game. I finally uh, pre-ordered the collector's edition. There's a million different versions of this, it seems. They're putting out the regular edition, various collector editions. You get little extras if you order those and pre-order them. You can get into the beta that's going to be starting in January. All kinds of stuff coming out on this game these days. I wanted to mention with regards to that that a member of the Trex and Sci-Fi forums, Andrew, who uh, his handle on there is Vivictus1701, I think, he uh, sent me an email. He has started uh, a podcast and a website devoted to the Star Trek Online game. This is over at stologs.com, S-T-O for Star Trek Online, logs.com. And I think they're up to like about episode seven or so. He's going into a lot of depth on the game, what's known so far, some of the pre-order options and a lot of stuff like that. I haven't had the time and chance to listen to it yet, but I am looking forward to it greatly, especially as we get closer to the release of uh, Star Trek Online. So check out his podcast. I know you can find it on iTunes as well. Again, it's called uh, STO Logs, and it's a Star Trek Online-related uh, podcast. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, another related Trek topic that came up that I saw this week, not too long ago, just a few days ago, is that it looks like uh, good old Captain Picard, Patrick Stewart, is going to be knighted. He's going to be Sir Patrick, and that is supposed to happen sometime in the early part of 2010. I guess the Queen is a big fan of his. Uh, our, I know our UK uh, members on the forum and stuff will uh, probably have a lot more info. I've always wondered how they decide that, how they decide who gets knighted and who doesn't. I know there's been a, a, a fair number of entertainer-type people that have been knighted over the years. I think wasn't Sean Connery and uh, Ian McKellen. And, uh, th- there's uh, Anyway, again, I don't know if the Queen just sort of goes, well, I would like to. Well, I'm not even going to try to do that. <laughs> but anyway, Patrick Stewart knighted, uh, which is cool. That That's pretty neat. I, I kind of like that. Uh, it's... You know, it's funny in the years, you know, in the modern era to still have, you know, this this kind of, you know, chivalry and all that stuff going. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking. What am I talking about? But the idea of knights and the round table and all that kind of era of the, of the Middle Ages and everything still sort of in a way happening. I know they still have a ceremony and they'll have a sword and they'll touch each shoulder and all that stuff. But 
And maybe they'll have video of it up online after. I don't know if they ever re- – yeah, I guess they probably record it these days when they do that. I'm sure the news stories and things and the news people will, will be there, I guess. Uh, but that's neat. Patrick Stewart will be Sir Patrick sometime soon. Uh, a few other things, just real brief, in, in, in Trek talk. It looks like uh, in the January issue of GQ magazine, there is a big article on our, our uh, first Trek captain, William Shatner. He's got a uh, interview in there and some pictures. Uh, it looks pretty cool. And also, I forgot to one thing I forgot to mention about, and I don't think I did on last week's podcast, but related to the Star Trek online game that I forgot to say. But Zachary Quinto is actually doing some voice work for the game. Uh, primarily, I think he's doing uh, a EMH uh, emergency medical hologram voice and some tutorial work and and that that's going to be included for the game. So that'll be kind of cool that we'll have him in in. Uh, his uh, lending his voice, and I think he's got a good voice for this kind of stuff. So uh, there's some videos and things up on YouTube in that showing him doing some of the recording for the game. So check that out. And uh, just all kinds of Trek uh, little stories happening, some new comics out, uh, what else, uh, just lots of stuff. I know Mythbusters, they're going to be doing a little special sometime soon uh, about, uh, you remember in the uh, original series episode uh, with the Gorn, where uh, Kirk has to create that little cannon and to blast the Gorn with various elements that he finds on the planet. They're actually going to try to make that and see if it really works or not. So that would be kind of neat to see. Uh, What else? And I think I even tried that when I was growing up one time. (laughs) Get those various elements and see if I can make some gunpowder for myself. Uh, Who's listening? Hopefully not the FBI or anything. Well, that was a long time ago, of course. Oh, one last thing, and then we're going to get into we got to get into the Voyager episode pretty quickly. It looks like they're going to be rearranging some of our TV shows and when they're being aired. For example, Fringe, they're temporarily going to move that to um, uh, Mondays, I think, following House to give it a little bit of boost in ratings. Although, you know, you don't need to put any more TV shows on Monday nights, people. Come on. There's just a ton of stuff. We've got, uh, you know, for uh, the geeks, you know, we have Heroes. We have Big Bang Theory. Even Castle's kind of a little bit of a geeky show, uh, and you've got House, and it's just it's too much, too much stuff. And I think 24 will be coming back pretty soon. That's not really a geek show, but I think that's going to be on Monday night. So, But uh, temporarily, Fringe to try to boost the ratings for, for a little bit, a few weeks, I think, in January. It's going to be on Mondays following House. And then it eventually is going to go back to its uh, Thursday night slot. I know that it's unfortunate because that show has been great this season, along with a lot of other sci-fi. But they, uh, they're they trying to get the ratings back, even though they're going to move it eventually back to Thursdays as well. So, you know, check your, as they say, check your local listings for when all these shows uh, are going to be airing in the coming year. And uh, we've got one little special treat. This uh, little uh, musical parody song uh, was created by Nathan Moyer, not Rick Moyer. And uh, it's a little takeoff on a little Star Wars, a bit of Star Wars, uh, I guess, uh, plot and and history. So anyway, once you hear it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Thanks very much, Nathan, Nathan, for the song. And I'll be back after this, and we'll start into the Voyager episode. I had no idea you were my long-lost sister. You were my twin when Dad got rid of us, that evil mister. It's not what I'm used to. I 
I just don't like kissing my relatives I'm curious for you And that scuffing or herder You kissed your brother and you liked it Partly because he had a lightsaber You kissed your brother just to try it I hope Han Solo don't mind it It felt so wrong, it felt so right Doesn't matter, it's really too upset, Han Solo. It's just rebel nature, it's not what princesses do, not how they should be. Your head gets so confused. You kiss your brother as you did, you kissed your brother and you liked it. Partly because he has a lightsaber You kissed your brother just to try it I hope Han Solo don't mind it It felt so wrong, it felt so right Don't mean I'm in love tonight But you kissed your brother and we liked it And we liked it well, that was very cool, Nathan. Take off on that uh, Katy Perry hit song, and of course about our uh, our good Star Wars friends, Luke and Leia, right? So, thanks uh, very much, uh, Nathan. And uh, now into the Voyager episode from season five, eleven fifty nine. Good morning. Morning. Requisition reports for the week. Thanks. What can you tell me about the Great Wall of China? Pardon? The Great Wall of China. On Earth. Who built it? The Chinese. What for? Why does anybody build a wall to keep people out? Deck one. In fact, it was the first Qin Emperor who connected the walls built by a previous dynasty. He did it to prevent an invasion by nomads to the north. How big is it? I have a feeling you're going to tell me. 2,400 kilometers long, medium width, 3.8 meters. Before the 22nd century, it was one of the only man-made objects that could be seen from Earth's orbit with the naked eye. Very impressive, Neelix. I had no idea you knew so much about my home world. Status. We're on a course for the class-wide cluster. We should be there in about three days. Gives us some time to relax. Carry on. Why the sudden interest in the Great Wall? I've been studying Earth landmarks. Mr. Paris and I have been exchanging a little cross-cultural trivia. He's become quite an expert on Talaxian geography. All right, here's one for you. What can you tell me about the Millennium Gate? The Millennium Gate, constructed in the 21st century in the United States of America. It was another one of the objects that could be seen from orbit. Uh, 3.2 kilometers at the base, one kilometer in height, surface covered with highly reflective solar panels, a self-contained ecosystem. It became a model for the first colony on Mars. Did you know that one of my ancestors built it? Really? No, not with a hammer and nails, but with words and a lot of courage. Shannon O'Donnell, one of the first woman astronauts, she was the driving force behind the project. That's something to be proud of. We were always told stories about her at family gatherings. The first of a long line of Janeway explorers. Tell me more. 
I want something to stump Mr. Paris with. Where to begin? The Millennium Gate. How did she get involved with that? Well, at that time, she was still in the space program. But she'd also become something of an entrepreneur. I believe she was asked to join the project by the governor of Indiana. He wanted her expertise on recycling life support systems. The way my Aunt Martha tells it, they flew her in on a private aircraft. So here we are into the early part of 1159, and we get to see uh, Kate Mulgrew play her ancestor. I'm in the great ancestor. state of Indiana, I think. Saw the world's largest ball of string this morning, and the world's largest beefsteak tomato this afternoon. It was the size of a Volkswagen. The string, not the tomato. At least Christmas is over. Oh, no. This episode, again, was during uh, near the end of Season 5 of Voyager. It uh, was first aired in May of 1999. So this is, you know, it's mostly an episode set in the past around the year 2000, so that kind of makes it convenient. The story is by Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski. Joe Minoski, teleplay, and directed by a guy named Ron Surma. It's... Uh, it's kind of mostly a story about the past and, you know, Janeway's ancestor. But there's, I think, some interesting things in this that happen, and I like the ideas. And I also wanted to cover this one. I thought it would be neat to cover it because we're getting close to the end of uh, end of a decade. You know, it's almost 2010. I can, I can still kind of remember the, the big, you know, changeover from 1999 to the year 2000 or as it was called during that time you know Y2K so much and how everyone was worried about computers and technology and stuff happening during that period of time and of course we're all just fine now and it reminds me a little you know I saw that movie 2012 a few weeks back and you know the predictions and stuff going on with that but this just I thought would be a nice little Voyager episode nothing uh, that's super uh, critical to other episodes. There's not a lot of huge fights or action going on, but just a nice one to cover before the end of the year and uh, and that. So anyway, back into the first act here now of Voyager's episode 1159. And we're set you know, mostly in the past. It bounces between the past and the present. And now uh, Janeway's ancestor has come to this part uh, where they're going to be building the future Millennium Gate here on Earth. And it's uh, winter time. There's snow. She's driving this old beat-up uh, station wagon, <laughs> wood paneling with a little lunar module Excuse hanging me. from her rearview mirror. I think I made mirror. a wrong turn. Is there a Millennium Gate around here? You're looking at it. The sign said gas, food, lodging. I need all three. You won't find any of that here. Get back on the interstate and go to exit nine. I don't think I'm going to make it. Good luck. Tell me, are people a little friendlier off exit nine? Now she's uh, <laughs> she's yelling at a guy in the street, and she crashed into somebody else. You stopped. You didn't. Got a pen? I I just didn't see. You. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Insurance? Not really. Not really. 
that ran out. It's not too bad. 200 bucks ought to cover it. 200 bucks? Let me guess, the money ran out too. I gotta re re fix something. I just saw the flash of credit that said this was directed by David Livingston. And online, I'm looking at the credits and they list a Ron Surma, so there's a confusion. I guess it's David Livingston. I'll believe the credits in the actual episode better than what I'm reading online. So. Sorry about that. Not that that probably matters that much to anyone. David Livingston directed a lot of episodes of Voyager, if I remember. But her car is conked out. She's pretty much stuck here now in this town with uh, where they're going to be building this Millennium Gate. I'm not sure where they filmed most of this. You know, it's it's obviously, you know, they filmed most of Voyager on the Paramount lot. And to make something look this uh, wintry, I think they had to, they were doing something probably on some back lot stage there. Added something that looked like snow and, and put, you know, wet roads out and, and that. But I, I don't think they went to a cold place to, to film this, really. Now she's walked into, she's been walked, she parked and uh, has wandered into this uh, old little Hi. bookstore. Hi. The sign said open? Yes, that's right. Till six o'clock. Can we be of assistance? It's cold outside. I, I wondered if I could wait here. For what? For the tow truck. My car broke down. I'm trying to get to Florida. She doesn't look like a corporate hitman. I assure you I'm not. At least not anymore. <laughs> well, in any case, she's unarmed and chilled to the bone. <laughs> I think we can handle her. Zeus himself watched over travelers. We should follow his example. Make yourself at home. Thank you. The guy here, the owner of the store, is, I think his, the actor's name is Ty Andrews. He used to play on an old TV show Where's called Emergency Down the street, that I used to watch to a long shop. time ago. What used to be the coffee shop. It looks like this whole town is closed down. It is. Except for you, huh? This ship will never sink. Right, Dad? Decaf. Not exactly the nectar of the gods. It'll do. Thank you. What's this about, if I may ask? Preserving the past. I'm Jason, by the way. Shannon O'Donnell. I'm Henry. Henry Janeway. Hi. So, ah, Henry Janeway, yes. Millennium, whatever it is. The Millennium Gate. The world's first self-sustaining civic environment. That's what the propaganda calls it. It's nothing but hype. It's actually a glorified shopping mall. They've talked all of my neighbors into selling their businesses. Only one thing stands in their way. You're the last holdout? This time, Rome withstands the barbarians. So this is not quite what Janeway's story started off uh, when she was retailing it to Neelix. You'll notice that she's not like she had described. Two days. We could do all this on a computer. Yeah, but my dad doesn't believe in computers. We don't even have one. Well, I do. We can email every computer within a hundred miles. It'll just take a few hours. It's easy. I'm not hiring anybody right now. Besides, you're going to Florida. 
Maybe the tow truck is waiting. Thanks for the coffee. You're welcome. So we've got this sort of stubborn old holdout here uh, running this old bookstore, and and he's yeah, a little resistant to change, let's just say. <laughs> Which I could understand that I situation. I for a lot. Just enough to fix the car. I really... I kind of need a job right now. Dad? I suppose we could use some help. Hard to kind of see Janeway, uh, an ancestor of hers at least, being in this position, you know, completely without any money. You do believe in electricity, don't you? <laughs> enjoy these episodes where they go back and, and show Earth, you know, and, and the time that the uh, stories went on and that. And here you don't have a big time travel type of episode. It's just sort of a retelling of a story from the past. They return the favor. They have offered us 20% above the market price for our properties. You know what the catch is? We've all got to sell. Everybody must love you. Yeah. People I knew when I was growing up, family, friends, it seems like they've all just turned against me. This were Roman times, they'd feed me to the lions. To the good old days. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was born in the wrong millennium. I'll stick with the modern age. The classical age, greatest literature mankind ever produced. No antibiotics. Families that take care of one another. No cars. Air you can breathe. No telephones. What a pleasure. Shorter lifespans. Lives that were worth living. No cold beer. There you got me. <laughs> They're at this, you know, bar Speaking tavern right now, age, having a beer and chatting. Do you have any plans for the Millennium Eve? No different than last year's Millennium Eve. I plan to be asleep. Life of the party. Oh, don't tell me you bought into all that hype again. Uh, maybe just a little. Last year, when 2000 arrived, everyone was convinced it was the dawn of a new era. But when the world didn't end and the flying saucers didn't land and the Y2K bug didn't turn on a single light bulb, You'd think everybody would have realized it was a number on a calendar, but oh no. They had to listen to all those hucksters who told them the real millennium was 2001. So this New Year's Eve will be as boring as last year. Come to think of it, I have sold an awful lot of doomsday books. See what I mean? So what's in Florida? I have a cousin down there. I'll stay with her for a while until I can get back on my feet. There's a nice, uh, nice rapport between the two of them here, job? and I like, uh, like to see Janeway too out of her captain's period. role too, what to what? or at least I shouldn't say Janeway, but doing, Kate Mulgrew do. doing something more a little earthy and not on the your bridge son tells of me that uh, Voyager. Your bookstores belonged in your family for generations. That you've never done anything else. Yes, that's right. You know, I'm just the opposite. I love to see places I've never been and try new things. I'm kind of an explorer. Really? Huh. That station wagon of yours doesn't exactly look like a sailing ship. It's a rocket ship. My mistake. <laughs> and, you know, there you get to start a little bit about what Janeway's like in the future. In the past as well. Now here comes the big, you know, trucks and wrecking crew. Dial that volume of the DVD down a little bit while I'm watching. 
all these trucks and wrecking crew people show up and uh we have every intention of breaking ground on Monday. Day one of the next now this guy named Gerald Moss, he's the like the Millennium Gate spokesperson That's they're talking true. to on the news. If you let me finish, Mr. Janeway, with the exception of Mr. Janeway here. Mr. Janeway, would you like to comment? Yes, yes, I would. You, you just can't you can't bulldoze this town away. This this is our heritage, this is our past. We're trying to give Portage Creek a future, can't you see that? Yeah, yeah, your your future. Your future, not ours. Mr. Moss, we've heard that you're considering moving the project to one of your alternate sites. Can you shed any light on that rumor? I'm afraid that's more than a rumor. If we can't work out an arrangement in Portage Creek, we'll have no choice but to select another location. What city? No comment. Is it true that Canton, Ohio has been chosen Thank for the Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Moss. Well, that's it. All we have to do is stand firm till New Year's. Easy for you to say. I have to go to school with their kids. Your school is one of the first places they're going to tear down. They said they'd build a new one, a better one. Whose side are you on? I'm sorry. We're all in this together. Come on, let's head back to civilization. Where shall we die tonight? Ah. How does Paris sound? It's Friday night. Can we get a reservation? Well, I think I can arrange it. I know the Mater D. Too bad. He pulls out a uh, like a picture book uh, with a painting in it of Paris, it and uh, they're just dining basically in the bookstore still, and that's kind of nice. He, you know, they're both kind of romantics a little bit. To new friends and a gracious host. Bon appetit. I wouldn't mind visiting Paris one day. Yes, it'd be nice. You haven't been. I haven't been outside Indiana. <laughs> These are my traveling companions. They'll take me anywhere, anytime. It's not such a bad idea to experience the real thing every now and then. I prefer my books. Maybe you just never had the right kind. Is that an offer? I could make a similar argument. Not such a bad idea to uh, settle down every now and then. Is that an offer? You're a peculiar man, Mr. Janeway. Cloistered away with all your books, shutting out the world. Any more peculiar than uh, exploring the Midwest in an ailing station wagon? <laughs> Only slightly. Any word on my car? It's got a brand new oil pan. You forgot to tell me that. Well, we were busy today. It's parked behind the garage whenever you're ready. First thing in the morning. Not so fast. Jason told me you promised to show him a few tricks on the computer. I could use another day of rest. Right. Jason will be pleased. And when you're done with him, perhaps we'll take a stroll along the Boulevard Saint-Germain. You're making it difficult to say goodbye. Maybe that's the idea. Voyager era, and uh, we're in the I need your help with this. astro whatever cartography room date. that they always look at all the maps Impressive. in. It was built Stellar cartography, that's what it's called, right? Stellar cartography. Now they're looking at I've the Millennium Gate, the uh, Janeway database. and Seven. A lot of the information from that era has been lost or damaged. I thought you might be able to help me reconstruct some of it. 
Is this relevant to our present mission? It's relevant to me. This ancestor of yours is 15 generations removed. You only possess a small fraction of her genetic material. Insignificant. This isn't about chromosome 7. It's about character. Explain. Shannon O'Donnell inspired me when I was a girl. She had a... an influence on my imagination. On my goals. I never realized genealogy could have such an impact. I wouldn't have become a Starfleet captain if it wasn't for her. Temple of Artemis at Ephesus That's 4. The Colossus of Rome. Not in chronological order. Right. Uh, the Mausoleum of Halicarnassus. The Colossus of Rhodes. That leaves just one more. The seventh wonder of the ancient world is... <laughs> Can't remember? No, it's right, right on the tip of my tongue. No, oh, forget it, I give up. Ha, I gotcha. It's the... Uh... Uh... Can't remember? <laughs> the Lighthouse of Alexandria, built by Ptolemy II in 280 BC. Behold the wonder of the modern world, Borg photographic memory. We'll call this one a draw. Brushing up on Earth's history? Captain Janeway requested that I research one of her ancestors. Shannon O'Donnell. You've heard of her. Who has it? You mind if I lend a hand? If you wish. Good to see some Neelix in this episode, too. He doesn't really get a Butter chance to... Uh, to shine or, he was one of my or get involved a, a lot in a lot of the episodes from Voyager, but I like, like the music in this capacity as well. well. Your ancestors can tell you a lot about yourself. Somehow I doubt Buttercup has much relevance to me. Well, the connection could be deeper than you'd think. Sven, Seven. A coincidence. The point is, there's some of him in you, just as there'll be some of you in your descendants. If I choose to procreate. I wouldn't dismiss it so lightly. Well, someday you might enjoy a little seven of nine point five running around. <laughs> or not, or not. <laughs> My research has failed. I found no references to this individual. Well, genealogy is a lot like fishing. You've, you've got to cast a wide net. Uh, computer, expand a record search for subject Shannon O'Donnell to include non-Federation databases, uh, personal archives, and photographic indexes as well. Reference found. Now take a look at this. Shannon Janeway. Where in the world did you find this? A Ferengi database. Ferengi? Eleven years ago, one of their historians collected massive amounts of data about the origin of space travel in the Federation. He wanted to market it as a nostalgic gift item. I would have been his first customer. It's a handsome family, Captain. These must be her sons and daughters. Grandchildren. Great-grandchildren. I've also discovered journalistic accounts in the historical archives. Mostly articles concerning resistance to the Millennium Gate. The whole town was against her. Download this image for me, will you, Neelix? I'm going to frame it. Yes, Captain. The citizens of Canton, Ohio, greeted Millennium Gate representatives with a small parade today. Canton is one of three alternate sites now being So now we're back into the officials. past, obviously. And they're looking at Henry these alternate Janeway, sites instead of the Indiana Gate. Says he has no intention of closing down. Marcy Collins, Channel 3 News. Thank you. Next up, Mars. 
I used to be in media relations with NASA. As I recall, your class came up with that slogan. Do you mind? It's a shame you didn't make the cut. Not good enough, I guess. Do you still keep in touch with any of the others? No. I do. In fact, I made a few calls last night. Remember Lieutenant McMillan? How's she doing? Co-pilot on a joint mission with the Europeans, scheduled for 03. Four months on the space station. Not bad for a girl with claustrophobia. She got over it. Sorry to hear about your last job. All this downsizing in aerospace. Engineers aren't given the respect they deserve. Who told you I lost my job? I made a few calls. You don't have to live like this. Borrowing money. Sleeping in your car. You've got no business checking up on me. Actually, I do. We run a history on all our candidates. Are you trying to make me some kind of an offer? We know you've been working closely with Henry Janeway. He'll listen to you. Oh. You want me to talk to him? Get him to change his mind? If you can. And in return? We'd give you a job. Make you a consulting engineer on the project. You certainly have the credentials. Oh, that would well, be tempting. I would be tempted, that's for sure. I'll think about it. Think quickly. We can't wait another thousand years. Ah, the signs of progress, you know. It's like out with the old, in with the new. I always wondered when I watched this the first time why they didn't just build this thing somewhere out in the middle of anywhere, you know, besides this town. But I guess you wouldn't have much of a story, so. Now we're still again in the past. Uh, Janeway's uh, ancestor, Shannon O'Donnell, is waking up. She's in the bookstore still. Morning. Morning. I didn't think you'd mind. You've got some really great games on this thing. Don't worry about it. Have you tried Matrix of Doom? Oh, uh, yeah. I got vaporized on level six. Try launching a flare before you enter the steel fortress. Cool. <laughs> Coffee? Please. Where's your father? Bloomington. All the suppliers in town are boycotting us, so he went up there to place some orders. He left you in charge? Alexandria Books, may I help you? Sounds like you've got it down. I pay the bills, too. Dad's not very good at accounting. You have any kids? Nope. Not a priority? I wouldn't say that. Just never got around to it. If you don't mind me asking, where's your mom? She died. Oh, I'm sorry. I was really young. I don't remember her much. Dad says none of the great heroes grew up in a nuclear family. Hercules, Achilles, Odysseus, they all grew up with single parents. You're in good company. You like working here, Jason? It's okay. You know, I get the feeling you don't share your father's enthusiasm about preserving the past. I don't know. The Millennium Gate could be pretty cool. Did you ever see the first landing on the moon? One small step for man. They showed it in science class one time. I saw it on TV when I was 11 years old. 
whole world watched it. Must have been great. Oh. It was. So. Yep, I can remember that too. Heroes? It was great. We are not living in a heroic age. That's what my dad says. Come on, there's got to be somebody. Dad. I mean, he's a pain sometimes, but he's pretty cool. Alexandria Books, may I help you? That's all right. First call in three days, and it's the wrong number. <laughs> and they're running a, uh, in this um, episode, they have this sort of countdown to midnight thing going Glorious on. Glorious Hector, the, son of Priam, slips past the Greek front lines, bringing much-needed supplies to the embattled city of Troy. Hey, Dad, you're famous. Local business owner topples gate. Let it fall. Any customers this morning? No one here but us Galliforms. That's chickens for the non-scientists in the crowd. You two are dangerous together. Fortage Creek will thank us one day. You don't sacrifice history for a shopping mall. It's a little more than that, Henry. I beg your pardon? I said it's not just a mall. Have you read the promotional literature? Over 600 retail spaces available, franchise potential. There's a commercial dimension to the project, but that's not its only function. What's your point? I've learned a few details about the Millennium Gate. It's a self-sustaining city, an experimental biosphere. It's never been done before. What's wrong with the biosphere we're living in now? Nothing. Exactly. But this project will help scientists learn more about our environment, possibly even recreate it on other worlds. Other worlds? Don't we have enough problems on the one we're on? Yeah, which is why I'd like to get the hell off of one day. I think you're taking this exploring a little too far. And you're so afraid of change, you can barely walk out that front door. Oh, okay. The Millennium Gate has a lot of potential, Henry. You just can't see it. All you can see is these books. You're living in the past. Sounds like you've been sleeping with the enemy. Having a beer, anyway. Moss. He offered me a job. Doing what? Consulting engineer. On the Millennium Gate. I said I'd think about it. And he said, get Janeway to sign on the dotted line and you're hired. That's one way of looking at it. And when I say no, then what? You're going to go with them, right? To Canton, Ohio, or the Third Circle of Hill, or wherever it is they decide to build this damn thing. I can't keep living out of my car. You don't have to. Stay here. No. Why not? Because I can't. That's not a reason. Because I don't want to. You've been really nice to me, Henry, but I can't get stuck here. Stuck? Like me. I didn't say that. You can live however you want to. And so can you. It's a good discussion here. Very makes sense. Adult, you know. What's going on? I like what the back and forth. We're helping our guests resume her journey. But I thought you were staying here for a while. Something came up. We can manage by ourselves. I guess saying goodbye isn't that difficult after all. Both pretty stubborn, both have their own ideas and not willing to compromise or bend at all. Jason. It, it makes sense. It works for the character. Jason, where are you going? Aunt Pat's. Happy New Year. Back on to Voyager in that time frame. And it was around 2210. 
My Uncle Jack was on a deep space mission to Beta Capricus. That's when deep space meant the next star over. And that was when they still had to go into stasis. So Jack put his crew under as soon as they left orbit and piloted the ship by himself for six months. No contact with anybody along the way? There wasn't anybody along the way. Not back then. The transmitter wasn't even subspace. It took weeks to get a message back to Earth. I would prefer stasis. Me too. That long alone, I'd probably go a little batty. So, six months to Beta Capricus. And when they finally arrive, there's nothing there. No planet? No. No star, no nothing. It turns out Beta Capricus was just an EM echo of a distant galaxy. What was his course of action? What else could he do? He turned the ship around and headed home. And the crew? He figured there was no reason to bother him. There's nothing to see, nothing to do. So six months later, he gets back to Earth, <laughs> brings everybody out of stasis, and they wake up wondering why they haven't left orbit. <laughs> Come in. I like, again, this part of the I didn't uh, realize you were in the briefing. Sharing Not at these all. We're talking about and, our family histories. You know, it's oh. very family-oriented episode. May I join you? Please. I, too, come from a distinguished line. His cousin's an electric shaver. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. My program was compiled from the most advanced hollow matrices in the Federation. My cousin was a prize-winning chess program. Since in Paris, you have yet to elaborate on your family origins. Well, they were a pretty ordinary bunch, salt-of-the-earth type people. Farmers, mostly. Some planetary colonists. Oh, but there was one. He was a pilot. He flew the first orbital glider over the lower Martian plateau. Mars? Your ancestor must have known the captains. She did work on all the early Mars projects. Looks like we go way back, Mr. Barris. What was her name? Shannon O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Um, I don't think so. What do you mean? Well, I know all the Mars projects from the 1970s on. Unmanned, manned. Who's who? There were no O'Donnells in any of them. And now we find that the history that Janeway has known about her ancestor isn't quite maybe as accurate as she thought, which is a, a bit of a shock Come since in. this is somebody that really inspired her. Report. Let me guess. The holographic engineer is having problems with her program. Neelix, the Cardassian cook, is low on supplies. Seven of twelve is regenerating. And Captain Chakotay is doing just fine. Just wondering how they'll piece together our lives a few hundred years from now. Depends on how big the pieces are. A pad here, Captain's log there, maybe a couple of holodeck programs. It won't be as much to go on as we might think. I've gone through dozens of histories written about 21st century Earth. All of them biased in one way or another. The Vulcans describe first contact with a savagely illogical race. Ferengi talk about Wall Street as if it were holy ground. The Bolians express dismay at the low quality of human plumbing. And human historians. Exact same story. Every culture saw it a different way. So I go back to the raw material. Birth certificates, death certificates, marriage certificates, census My, surveys, uh, voter registration wife's forms, mother has been doing records, a lot of looking into family history over the last uh, few years. So, And I've got so one side of my family I know about exist. 500 years back or so. But it, it's interesting when you start to look back into your past she did train to be an genealogy and, and relatives and family finish. trees. She was an engineer, but never worked on the Mars missions. Did she work on the Millennium Gate? Only as a consultant. 
What about all the opposition you spoke of? You said she fought to get the project underway. There was no opposition. In fact, the Millennium Gate was greeted with open arms by the local population. Except for one man. Henry Janeway. She married him and changed her name. But she certainly never changed history. Don't be too hard on her. She may not have known she was supposed to live up to your expectations. No, I'll get over it. But the question is, when we get back to Earth, how will I break the news to Aunt Martha? <laughs> with less than three hours to go, Henry Janeway still refuses to cooperate with Millennium Gate representatives. I'll return with live updates as midnight approaches. Marcy Collins, Channel 3 News. I don't suppose there's any chance he'll change his mind. I mean that. Doubtful. And it looks like we'll have to scrub the launch, at least where Portage Creek is concerned. It's a shame how one ignorant man can stand in the way of progress. It's not that simple. Henry's a very likable guy, but he's playing for the wrong team. He's looking back. This town needs people who look towards the future. Well, while you're looking forward, I'll be driving to Florida. Wait a minute. I'm not about to turn a fellow explorer out into the cold. I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. If we didn't think you had something to add to this project, we never would have made the offer in the first place. Henry Janeway's pig-headedness doesn't change that. We could still use your help. Just not here. My associate in Canton. I'll tell him you're on the way. He'll find a place for you. Shannon! What's the matter? It's Dad. See you in Ohio? He won't leave the shop. There's all these people outside. The police are there. Your father can take care of himself. Please, won't you talk to him? He'll listen to you. No, he doesn't, Jason. Where are you going? And what's this about I'll see you in Ohio? Ohio, Florida. What's wrong with this place? It didn't work out. I thought you liked us. I do. Then why are you leaving? I'm sorry. December 31st, 2000, 11.15 p.m. I've got 95 miles of interstate before I have to decide whether I head east or south, but those 95 miles won't be uneventful. <laughs> she still does My logs back in this time, too, which is kind of fun. Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, recreated entirely in core. Now she sees the sign you're leaving the last Portage few days Creek. to say the least. I met Henry Janeway. Interesting man. Like to talk. Unfortunately, he doesn't listen to anybody but himself. Gave me a place to stay, though. And we had dinner. In Paris, no less. He has a son. Good kid. Bright like his father. I'm afraid that's not possible. We'd like to express our deepest regret to the town of Portage Creek and our behalf. Excuse me. Get this. Let her through. 
So she came back to talk to him one more time to see if she changed his mind. We're closed. It's me. I said we're closed. That's not what the sign says. Damn it, Henry, it's cold out here. Who's with you? Nobody but us Galliforms. Thought you'd be in Ohio by now. Car breakdown again? What the hell are you doing? Get your things, we're leaving. I'm not going anywhere. Do I have to drag you out the front door? You can try. Henry? I won't leave. It's over. Well, then I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Half the town is out there. You're on the news. Maybe you'll even go down in history. You have made your point. Well, obviously I haven't, because if I had, you wouldn't be asking me to sign my life away. Maybe if you'd looked up from your books once in a while, you'd see what's in front of you. Oh, please, no more speeches about the future. As long as I don't have to hear you pontificate about the past. It's a deal. Glad we had this chat. Goodbye. It's almost midnight, Henry. Exactly. I've won. What have you won? The right to hide behind these shelves for the rest of your life? It's worked so far. Well, it isn't working for your son. Or this town. Or me. Look, I know you've got a job to do. Oh, this isn't about the job. Then why are you here? It was the cookies. Cookies? I was on the interstate. I stopped for gas. And I bought a bag of chocolate chip cookies in a convenience store. It's a little ritual of mine. Whenever I get back on the highway, I like to treat myself. I see. Well, um, what does this have to do with anything? I like the scene, too, because they're just in the dark. There's a candle lit and They didn't taste talking. good, Henry. It wasn't the same. I just kept thinking about you. And how I wish you'd been there. Actually, I prefer oatmeal cookies. I'm allergic to chocolate. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. It's been a long time. But I'm starting to feel like maybe I found a place where... I'd like to stick around for a while. With you and Jason. And we'd like to have you. But I can't work in a bookstore for the rest of my life. I've been given a second chance, Henry, and I can't lose that. I'm stuck in the future. You're stuck in the past, but maybe we could... get unstuck in the present. I, I don't see how, uh, without sacrificing my... You know, Mr. Moss offered me a job in Canton, even though I failed to keep up my end of the bargain. I guess he felt sorry for me. But I'm prepared to turn him down. If you want me to stay with you. I suppose I could... reopen my shop in that monstrosity you want to build? Well, I have a few connections. I could probably get you a nice remote location so nobody would bother you. Not much profit in that. You sure you won't drive away again? No. But if I do, we'll make the trip together. What time is it? Minute to midnight. Then we're not too late.
So since she was willing to stay for him, he was willing to compromise for her. Good ending. Helix to Captain Janeway. Yes? Captain, would you mind coming to the mess hall? Is there a problem? No, no emergency. But I need to speak with you. Personal matter. Give me a minute. <laughs> Happy Ancestors Eve! Happy Ancestors Eve! What's all this? It's April 22nd, Ancestors Eve. It's a holiday first established, uh, uh, well, uh, today, actually. <laughs> With the captain's permission. Felix. I think he's on to something, Captain. An evening of reflection in honor of those who came before. Here, here. Uncle Jack would approve. It got me out from under a warp conduit. I'm all for it. <laughs> I appreciate what you're trying to do, but... Neelix, the gift. What gift? Shannon O'Donnell Janeway. Circa 2050. We did a little more research. This photograph was taken in a small park near Portage Creek, 38 years after the dedication of the Millennium Gate. I thought it would look nice in your ready room. Uh, on the shelf next to your desk. Thank you. And I'm not so sure she has a place there anymore. You are mistaken, Captain. Oh? Her life captured your imagination. Historical details are irrelevant. I concur with that analysis. If it weren't for Shannon O'Donnell, you never would have joined Starfleet. Yeah, and I would have never got you all stuck here in the Delta Quadrant. It gave us all time to get to know each other. Time for a family portrait of our own. Everyone, gather round the captain, please. Face the camera. Smile. To family. To family. Another one for posterity. No, no. <laughs> I think we should get out. I don't think so. Enough is enough. That's a good episode. Got to have uh, Kate Mulgrew in some old age makeup there at the end, playing her ancestor Shannon as she was older, and uh, I really like that episode a lot. Quite a bit different than your typical Voyager, you know, heavy tech and battles, and just just different, nice personal kind of episode. And I like this idea that uh, they look at the. Uh, the past and and where they all came from and they got to share that not just Janeway but you hear about the other people on Voyager and their ancestors and everything like that so uh, real nice episode and uh, I wish they had done something like that more in some of the other uh, Trek series but uh, they never really did that I can recall off the top of my head it came up a little bit but anyway next up we're gonna have Kenny and his comments about this episode of Voyager 1159. Hey Rico, it's Kenny from California. Just wanted to give you my quick thoughts on the Voyager episode 1159. That is one of my all-time favorite Voyager episodes. I'm so excited that you're actually doing a podcast about it. And it's funny, it's because it's not a super action-packed, you know, like their Borg episodes, which I love also. This one's more story. It, there's something about it that just clicked with me. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Captain uh, Catherine Janeway, so... To have a kind of like a backstory of her uh, was really exciting. I think why I like this episode so much is because it had so much heart. 
you know, I mean, Voyager, they have the techno babble and they have all the action sequences and uh, it's great stuff, but it's nice to actually get some really good character development. I thought it was great that, you know, uh, Kate Mulgrew got to play uh, Shannon O'Donnell, which is, you know, obviously Janeway's long lost ancestor. And I thought the actor who played uh, Henry Janeway was fantastic. Uh, there was like instant chemistry between those two characters. Um, the sun was great. You know, the whole the whole thing was really, really cool. You know, it all centered on that whole Millennium Gate idea, which I thought was really cool. But even though we didn't see many of the cast, even though they did have short snippets of them up in uh, Voyager, it was still, I, it was just great to see that this was basically Kate Mulgrew's episode. You know, it was all her. And uh, it always just goes back to heart. I mean, the story was fantastic. And I think that's why I can watch this over and over again and never be bored. So I look forward to listening to your podcast on this topic. It's one of my all-time favorite Star Trek Voyager episodes. So thanks again, Rico. Take care. Thanks, Kenny. appreciate your comments. I know you're a big Voyager fan, and I try to... Uh to cover some different types of Voyager episodes, and this one I thought was a nice little personal one. Like you said, a heavy, definitely Janeway episode, and you get to learn a bit about her ancestor and a little bit about her character itself and why she went into Starfleet and all that. So thanks for your comments. I'll be right back, and we'll wrap up this week's podcast. Hello, folks. This is Rico, and before we get started on the podcast today, I just want to talk to you real briefly about GoDaddy.com. I've bought a lot of uh, web domain names uh, over the years, and GoDaddy has some great offers, really excellent hosting packages, and and just all-around great service. I've used them for quite a long time. And they've also supplied some codes for listeners to Treks in Sci-Fi. So if you want to get a domain name or get some web hosting going, go check them out. And the codes you can use are US Trek 1, US Trek 2, U.S. Trek 3 and U.S. Trek 20. Just try the right code or all the codes to see which gives you the best discount. So check out GoDaddy.com and get on the web. Okay, folks. Well, uh, I'm just going to wrap it up this week. Uh, No collectible talk or anything else, really. Uh, But I do want to mention a a little bit about next week's uh, special uh, sort of slightly, I guess it's the end of the year kind of show, Christmas special. It's going to be a video podcast. Yes, I'm tackling that again with it'll be a mega-sized file, I'm sure, to download next weekend. Uh, But the topic is going to be sort of a a, a year in review, kind of the best of sci-fi and fantasy and and geeky subjects and things like that from 2009. If you would like to record a couple of minutes uh, of a video of, like, you know, talking about your favorite TV show or movie from the last year, just uh, send those over to treksf at gmail.com. If you need help in getting me the video file, there's a lot of different ways we can do it. You can FTP it up to my server space or, you know, there's you send it and a lot of different people have done these before should be familiar with it. But, you know, if you'd like to talk about something, one of your favorites of the last year, I'd love to include those clips in next week's uh, best of video podcast. And in two weeks, we're going to have that special with Vartok on John Williams music. That'll be the first cast of 2010. So 
I guess that's about it. Oh, I, I should say, really, since I won't be talking to you before Christmas, for the people who celebrate that, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, I redesigned the forum a little bit with a new template, made it very Christmassy looking and wintry. Uh, so if you're a member over there, I hope you're enjoying that. Uh, but happy holidays, everyone. It's been quite a year, and uh, and I think uh, I'm hoping 2010 will bring everyone, uh, you know, good tidings and all that kind of stuff. We're not quite there yet. But anyway, have a, have a happy holiday, everyone. I will talk to you again next week. And to finish off the, the show this week and to kind of get us more into the holiday spirit, I'm going to play another a new uh, Trekmas song by Rick Moyer. This one's called Alien World. So, everyone, take care. Have a great holiday. And I'll talk to you again next week. Or see you on the video podcast for next weekend on the best of 2009. This is Rico signing off for this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Alien world, the crew has come. Let Kirk be down with Spock. And don't forget McCoy and a few red shirt old boys. A transporter, it seems. And the crew it really brings The trans, the transporter It sings Alien world The ship has come Its name is Enterprise With tricorders they scan For life forms on the land Or structures that are made by aliens afraid or structures, structures that are made. No more let Klingons destroy nor Romulans attack and Orions and Breen Orions that are green and many more to come and many to come and many many more to come Kirk rules the ship with courage and strength and makes the planets here the prime directive of the Federation glove as far as space is found as far as space is found, as far, as far as space is found. This has been a Rick Dusty Podcast production.